Transform your bathroom cleaning with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner. You just spray today and rinse tomorrow for a no-scrub clean. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, this is your once-a-week solution to keeping your tub and shower surfaces sparkling clean. Available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. Join thousands who switch to an easier clean. Get your wet and forget weekly shower cleaner today and make your bathroom sparkle with zero scrubbing. Did you know that it is Asian American Pacific Islanders Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Carden, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meath. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA Scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native, Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. What do you say, Bruce? (laughs) Mr. Lowe, good to see you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Literally It Is Me. Today, Bruce Bozzi is here. Bruce hosts Table for Two, which is a fantastic podcast. Came up in the world of uh, his family, basically created the palm. One of, let's face it, if you know steak and you know food, you know the palm. He is married to Brian Lord, who is runs CAA, the big agency, stepfather of Billy Lord. And like this guy knows show business from a whole different angle. I mean, he knows it from the real angle, which is through restauranting. Let's face it, because that's where it all goes down. Um, and one of the, we're just one of the greatest guys ever. So I'm excited for you guys to to hear from Bruce. How's everything with you, man? How you been? Everything's excellent, super excellent. I I just got back from New York City. I'm back here in Los Angeles, and I'm busy. And I'm just super happy it's 2023. I think this is going to be a good year for everybody. I think so. I always think so. I'm I'm a, a total glass half full guy. Yes. I can tell that about you. Always. Right? Yeah, I agree. No, I mean, even in spite, even during the time in the 2020, like yeah. a couple years ago, were you glass half full? Me. I, I always figure there's a, a a greater good somehow that we may not be aware of. Right, right. I, I hear you. I just got to say to you, Rob, because we're like peers. Yeah. You're 100% peers. And all your movies to me, like your movies took me through the 80s in a profound, epic way that have like shaped me from oh. the outsider yeah. The yeah. Boy, to the Hotel New Hampshire to uh, St. Elmo's. I mean- this was, these were these iconic movies. Like I, I just got to go out of the gate having a conversation with you, saying thank you. Well, Bruce, you're coming from you, who you you talk to so many great people on your podcast. I mean, I mean, you get all the heavy hitters. So for you to say that, that means that means a ton. Speaking of that, I would love for you to be a guest on Table for Two. And I'm, yeah, that turnabout is fair play. 
It's okay. a two-way street. I'm good. I am I am down to do it. I mean, we've we've known each other sort of for forever, you know. We would, you know, yeah. cr- cross paths and things like that and tell me so when my when my movies were out in the 80s, yeah. is that the era you were working at the West Hollywood Palm still? Was that under, under your purview? No, that's earlier. So when, when your movies were coming out in the 80s, I was those were like my high school college. Okay, movies. right. So, you know, so we're so like, right there, yeah. I was there latter part, I was working at the Palm in between like, on summers out in Long Island or New York. And in the early 90s is when I started working when I was in college, uh, uh, after college, uh, for the West Hollywood Palm. So you were hitting the the, the Hamptons Palm, though, at, during that time, because that was, yes, I shot a movie called Masquerade in the Hamptons. Yes, you did. In that big house. In that big house, which I think is knocked Tilly. down. Tilly, Tilly, Meg Tilly. Meg, Meg Tilly. And well, I go do down. I not know your career? You, you, I not know your career? I'm so impressed. I love it. I love it. Um, those were in my hard charging days. And I have so many moments in, that took place in the Palm restaurants. Really? So many. I remember, I'll give you a little parade. Want a little yeah. trip down like memory it. lane? Yeah, yeah, definitely love it. One of them was um, Mike Myers and I having dinner. And Chris Farley had just died. Mm-hmm. And... Mike said they that he's going to take over for a movie that Chris was halfway done doing. It's an animated movie. And he had the life-sized head of the character he was going to be playing with him at the, at, on the table. Okay. And it was the head of Shrek. Wow. That's kind of cool. That's really cool. <laughs> I mean. I saw the, sh- the head of Shrek. At the Palm before the, before anything. That's super cool. What other ones? Did you go when you were shooting in East Hampton? Where you go? Was that like a place you you guys would hang out at? That was a place, but but mostly the the uh, the L.A. Palm, the the, yeah. the old one on on Santa Monica. Um, I mean, so many great stories. I mean, that was. I used to love. I was. I'm, I remain obsessed with the caricatures on the wall. Right. <laughs> well, Did, no, so now let me be clear. So I'd be remiss not to let you know that in 2020, the Palm went out of our families, the two families, because it was like a major, and it's amazing. Yeah. It lasted 94 years. Right. Right. We really built something as two families that I think yep. was magical. And like that, people like yourself, always when they see me say, oh my God, I have these incredible stories from, you know, really beautiful, heartfelt stories. And so now, just for the anyone who's listening, because I, I just so if can't. I get a bad steak at the current Palm, it's not your fault. That's where that's where I'm going, Rob. Or well, actually, actually where I'm headed is if if my caricature gets bad placement on the walls, <laughs> call me up. Call I got. You. I got. Please, I know you have nothing to do with it now, but please tell me. I would buy a coffee table book of the Palm caricatures. I know it was. You know what. It's a, it was a, when we did the when I, and I wasn't like I was in operation, so I was at the Palm West in New York in the theater district. There we did a cookbook, and I said there should we should uh, have put together a book of caricatures and sort of a whole narrative, and it didn't happen. And you know, and then funny you should say that because years ago when 
West Hollywood went south, we took them off. And Robert Downey said, you should do a whole art installation show of these caricatures. Yes. It happened. It was so traumatic and everything. But I think there's, I, I guess that- Are they saved? Do they exist somewhere? Yeah. Well, some we gave and some I have. I wonder where yours is. I might have yours. If you didn't get it back, I might have yours because you were in West Hollywood. Yeah, were- I didn't get it back. And I and I loved my placement. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, it, here's, it, it was not, it was sneaky A-list real estate. Yeah. It was not in the main dining room. It was not on it, but it was when you went to the bathroom, you could not go to the bathroom without looking directly at me. Yes. And isn't that a joy? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, with the one in New York, when I really, because that was like my baby, where I was really put, the placement was so fun to now, do. What about this? How did you make the decision? I'm so obsessed with this. I could do a, I literally could do an entire podcast over this. How did you decide, you know what? He's been dead for 15 years. Nobody, we, It's time to put Leonardo DiCaprio up here or whatever. Well, it's interesting. So like, right. So the room tells a story. It becomes this narrative. It becomes like a, a, a time capsule. Yes. Um, and then it gets to a point where if you're too far out, you're right. There's a generation of people that don't even know who these people are. You play. It's a little dangerous because when you, if you take someone down and like they still have family that you don't realize, oh, oh yes, of course. and they're like, yes, use me, like you yes. just, uh, you know. So that's a little tricky. And then, and then, yeah. So it was always how quickly. How quickly do you take people down when when they pretty clearly have uh, perpetrated a double murder? How quickly did OJ come? He came down very quickly. And his his was huge. Do you remember how big OJ's caricature was? Yeah, it was right over that, like four booths, um, center. Uh, yeah, the, the listener won't understand. His came down pretty quick because somebody put a steak knife in his head, one of the customers, <laughs> right in the center of his head. All right. So it was clear that the people were talking and it was time to take him the down. The audience had spoken. <laughs> My audience is spoken because, Rob, I, you know, part of me is, of course, someone, you know, part of me feels like when you're up, you're up there, and that's part of like the story. And take people down, even like, you know, perpetrators of putting OJ aside, because that's something very specific. But let's say uh, uh, you were a part of like a white collar crime and you stole money from people. Like, do we had couples forget about it. Once they got divorced, it was in the <sighs> divorce agreements. You, you get your picture taken down from the palm, not me. I mean, it was crazy. That is the greatest thing I've ever heard, which yeah. I hadn't even thought about. Yeah, no. So that was one. When I did Palm in New York, Donna Hanover was married to Giuliani. Mm-hmm. I mean, please, this was mm-hmm. 1999. Yep. And I was put there were 19 couples put up all like cheek to cheek and Donna and Rudy were like 10 feet apart. And then at the time it was very noticeable because there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a lot of faces. So page six called me up and they said, so come on, give me, give me the skinny. Why are they not? And I said, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, yeah, you do. I go, I don't know what you're talking about. Meanwhile, her office had said, I'll be up on your wall. I don't want to, be anywhere near him. And this is before they announced they were getting divorced. So, you know, it's a little inside info. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the absolute greatest. And, and I, I also loved like seeing the character actors Yeah, that, that, you know, it, it just, it just was, you'd see a ginormous star next to a character actor. Next to, and the other thing I like is when you go to the palm in the palms in 
outside of New York and LA and in, in the smaller cities and you see their version of yes. of their of the glitterati of yeah. uh you know Philadelphia or whatever. Right, exactly. Like you're in Charlotte and you're like, oh, so that's what's going down. So it was it was a total bummer when it all went south, but I'm very thankful for the 30 years that I worked there, my career plus my family and the whole shebang. But and it taught me a lot. And I met incredible people like yourself and many other people that we inter- – I think that I have a picture of us, you and I, and I meant to f- was searching for it. Um, and we are under the caricatures uh, in Beverly Hills of Sherry Lansing, Amy Pascal, and uh, the age super agent Sue Mangers. Sue Mangers. That's some women power right there. That's true. Yeah, that's a power tree. That's true. And it was done like Charlie's Angels. So you have one like, you know. Oh, I remember. I re- oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember we took that. Fo- I remember when we took that photo. Yeah. 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 It was like. I that remember was, that. <laughs> that was like a cool thing to do. I wish I could just carve that whole thing out and take it. But I did take a bunch of them when I left because because I had ones with like Valerie Harper and Sammy Davis Jr., autographed so like yeah. that's like oh my god robert wagner and natalie wood i mean yeah. come on farrah fawcett and lee majors to this day lee majors calls asking for that and i'm like no dude like it's a piece because once you take it off and you frame it and you mount it they're quite cool and so no, super cool it's funny you say that speaking of restaurants and remember when spago was the like the yeah. the, the when it was above sunset like this is now we're talking the 1980s yeah. band coming out with all my favorite movies and everywhere you look there was a movie star like yourself there it was crazy. Spago was and and every single famous person in the world was there and I will never forget seeing Lee Majors no I'm sorry it wasn't Lee I know sorry, it was Farrah, it was it was Ryan O'Neal yes, and Farrah yes Ryan O'Neal and Farrah walked in and they were the most beautiful couple I had ever seen in my life. I, I've seen a lot of things in my life. It was nuts. Yep. It was crazy. I was there a night where they both, it was the night before because the Oscars used to happen in the eighties, as you know, the night before that weekend I was there. It was when they walked in, it was showstopper. It was like, you know, they were. It was something very special that room, and it was overlooking Sunset Boulevard, and it had patio chairs. And you know Wolfgang, who's a genius, mm-hmm. I think, just a genius at what he does. Really, it was unrivaled. And that place is like, I think, still nothing's there. Nothing's there. Why? How can that be? All of the history. It clearly is a location that works. Yeah. What? How has no one figured out something like that there? I don't know. And if you recall, because this is a big thing for those of us who live in LA, there was parking. Like they had a whole parking lot in the front. No idea. Cause this guy started a whole, this like, may be, you and I may need to crack this together. I would, I would, I'm open, I'm open to that. We might have to open something there. I'm so I'm saying, yeah, let's, let's figure out something to do there. That's just, it's, it's just waiting. It's, it's begging for this. This also tells you how quaint it was and how long ago. It was the only place in L.A., the only place where you knew the paparazzi would be every night. Yep. The only place. That's it. It was like a, a, a lightning storm when people would leave. You know, the light, the sky would just light up. You're right. It was. And then Bernard was the host. <sighs> I don't know if you remember Bernard. Oh, yes. The, the, the nicest and sweatiest man. <laughs> <laughs> it, Really? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, very, very nervous. Always, always very, very you know, it's a, it's a hard job. Right. So, I mean, like, what were, so like that, at that time you were, you were all, you, know, you were hitting in all these movies. Like who was, who was that Rob when you would come in? Like, were you, that was that wild party Rob. Well, that was like, this is like when you know you have real Hollywood clout. I would go to Spago when it was closed and they would open it. Oh, whoa. Wow. Yeah. I, I remember vaguely taking Demi Moore <laughs> on a date there before St. Elmo's Fire, before she was cast in St. Elmo's Fire. Really? And I was like, I know. It's time to go to Spago. <laughs> <laughs> I love that story. Like, I feel like I learned something. I mean, big. I also had a great Spago story where- Wait, wait, wait. You took Demi and did it- did you, you dated her for a while? Is that? Yes, wow. yes, yes. We, we, we had, we had a, a couple of run-ins and, uh, and Spago played a big part in it. I just remember you, you know, the night in St. Elmo's, you know, the Jeep. Oh, the Jeep. Yeah. The Jeep. The Jeep. Jeep. I, I remember filming that scene vividly. Yeah. Hey, listeners. Ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, Call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash Rob. That's harrys.com slash Rob for a $3 trial set. Shopping for humans is hard. Shopping for your dog is easy. Thanks to Bark. Every month, we deliver toys and treats just for your pup. They deserve to be spoiled every month. At Bark, we send your dog a whole collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's our fun plush toys or our ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer 
we give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, we will double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. BarkBox is so convenient and delivers straight to your door and more importantly, right to your dog. I can't wait to try out BarkBox. My dogs need their toys, particularly the chewable toys. Sign up now at BarkBox.com slash Rob for an exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's get back to petting our dogs. I had a good night at Spago with um, dinner. This is my table at Spago. Andrew McCarthy, Patrick Swayze, Melissa Gilbert, Liza Minnelli. Okay, wait a minute. Like it's like that Sesame Street. Like we don't, one, one of these things is not like the other. Exactly. Yeah. Totally right. Yeah. How did that happen? Like you know, all my '80s icons, and then oh, what and happened? And, and the best was Liza had was fresh out of rehab, okay. and <laughs> and and ended that winning streak that night. <laughs> and and so we were doing our thing, whatever we we're doing, and, and Liza goes, and I don't do a very good Liza. My Liza is going to sound like Jimmy Durante. If I do it, I'm just telling you, by the way, nobody has more current references than me. Liza <laughs> well, Minnelli, Jimmy Durante. Right. Uh, um, no, no one's more current than I am, obviously. Uh, and Liza's like, we should all go up to Sammy's house. <laughs> and uh, it was, that was my attempt at Liza. Okay, now wait, you have to now say, I know who you're talking about when you're talking Sammy. Now you have to reference yeah. the Sammy. Sammy Davis Jr. Come on, there's only one Sammy. Well, that's true. There's I only guess. one, Sammy. Yes, you're right. And and I had never met Sammy. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm going with Liza Minnelli to Sammy Davis Jr.'s house with <laughs> Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> and, and and Swayze bailed, I think. But we all we went up to, to, to Sammy's and I, I shot pool with him. And he was so charming and just wonderful. And it was a great, great, great Hollywood Hollywood memory of another talk about another era. I mean, another era plus because you were, you know, we all we grew up when people weren't taking pictures with their phones. So that's a right. lot of that's just like you're living your life. And now, granted, when you stepped outside, you were being photographed. But when you went inside, you just could experience the intimacy of that. Which how good, how happy are we that we grew up then? Oh, come I mean, on. I, I've thought about it a lot and the, like people say, if you could live in any era, what era would you live in? Right. And may, maybe if I were a di- had different interests and had a different job, there might be other eras I would, I would want to live in. But as an actor, for sure, I lived in the right era. Yep. There's no doubt. By the way, I wouldn't want to live any earlier. Yep. I wouldn't want to live any later. Like yeah. it, I want to be famous in the eighties. Yeah. Not not the sixties, right? Not, not the seventies. Not the nineties. Yeah, I'm famous in the eighties. I fully get what you're saying. You were famous in the eighties. It was a great decade to be famous and a great decade to be an actor. And the movies were coming what, out. For, first of all, movies were real movies. Yep, real movies. Not what what I don't know what it is today, but it's nothing I recognize as the movies. Yep, and you had the right amount of privacy. You could like you, so you could live your life. Nobody was taking secret pictures of you, and it was more innocent. It was just a more innocent time, and super. So I'm so grateful. I feel for people today who who didn't didn't have that 
that that part of the two-way street that is fame. I agree. Of all of the movies that you did in that time, is there one that stands out as just your favorite? Some of them stand out for different reasons. Yeah. You know, The Outsiders, because it was Coppola and such a great group of young men. Yeah. It was an important movie. It was a teen movie, but it was Coppola, so it was still important. Oh, it was, in effect, all adolescents, and that's what we were. It was a very important movie to see. And that, that doesn't happen, particularly for teen movies. Yeah. They don't have the kind of prestige around them. So yeah. that that was good. Um, St. Elmo's in About Last Night, for sure. I mean, About Last Night's my favorite. Of of all the ones I did in that era, for for because it 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 holds up. It was a David Mamet play originally, so the writing is spectacular. To me, has never been better than that. Um, she was amazing. You were amazing. The transformation of the character, um, Belushi was great. Elizabeth Perkins, amazing. I mean, just she, constant she, and fun. She came in and read, and is the first time it's ever happened to me. Um, it might, it, it's maybe happened once or twice since, but not often, where you come in and you read someone and you go, oh, we're done here. Really? We're done here. That's it. She, right. like, done. Like, not even a question, not even a look to the other people in the, like, cancel. Cancel everybody else yeah. who's coming in. You know, it's funny because I, I, you know, on Table for Two, which, you know, we'll talk a little bit about, yeah. but, like, so I just, uh, last week, uh, George Clooney and Julia Roberts, it dropped and- we did, and we talked about chemistry and, you know, when chemistry happens between people. And in that movie, there was such chemistry between the four of you and the two of you as best friends and best friends. Yeah. It was really like an interesting just dance. It was great. Like, you don't find that. You don't see that that often. No, they're Jimmy and, and, and Elizabeth crush. Absolutely crushing. You know who people forgets in the movie is Megan Mullally. She is. Megan Mullally has blonde hair. Okay. And she's the one who has that great moment where Demi's friends are sort of taking the piss out of a girl that's flirting with me at the bar and like, oh, here comes her big move. The hair flip with a giggle. Oh, yeah. And then they hold up the napkin. It's 10.0. Yes. That's that's Megan Mullally. (laughs) It's great. I did not know that. Yeah. But I remember the scene. Hair yeah. flip, hair like flip with a giggle. Right, with 10.5 degree of difficulty. <laughs> yeah, Julia, Julia and uh, Julia and old Clooney, they've got some serious chemistry. Yeah, they talked about it and it was like, you know, and like George said, it's like that thing when you know someone's a movie star, but you can't explain why they just have it. And it's like the thing with chemistry, you just really can't put words to it. It just exists. So then I asked, Julia, so what happens when it's not there? And she goes, oh, you know, oh, well, I mean, I wouldn't know about that. And then she starts laughing because obviously everybody has that experience. But it is really interesting to see when it sparks. What's the movie that they did that's one of my favorite movies where they were like white collar crime spies? Not the Oceans movies. No, no, sorry. It's Clive Owen. It's not George. It's Clive Owen. Um, okay. Now we have to think about this. Let's clap. So she also did um, Closer with him, which Close is a oh, Closer. By the way, Closer is one of my favorite movies ever. Right. That I mean, movie is amazing, amazing. Like you can't get over it. How amazing it is! And yet again, all the nuances of time. And if something, if you take a right or a left, I mean, when he comes home from that trip and she's oh. leaving him, it's 
it's a great it's yeah and, oh, the, and the movie i was thinking about with um with julia and clive owen is duplicity ah uh, yep oh yeah it's a great movie i mean again i mean i don't know what so what do you think about movies today like with uh you don't stop working no you know i, I mean i think the good thing is is that there's that that more than ever work is work is work is work and sure there there was a, the the golden age of movies when movies were movies but then that was also the time when people looked down on television and now you know you can have prestige and good and bad in any platform yeah any platform yeah so so it's 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 more democratic is that the word i'm looking for in a way i don't know but i was with um your husband at the premiere of once upon a time in hollywood and we we saw ourselves just watching the, the the red carpet and and like and he just we were both feeling something but we couldn't really put our couldn't really articulate it and just turned to me and he said you know what it's a real movie premiere right yeah and I was like it is that's what the fuck this is yeah because it was for a real movie too yeah. it was a real movie with an auteur with a with a director who meant something yeah with a cast who meant something. Mm-hmm. And it was an, an an original, not a based on a cartoon character or, or a or a reboot. It was a real movie. Yeah, that movie in particular. But you're right, and it's like when you notice it, like because it's changed so much. Because movies have changed so much. The so movies are now streaming, and and no. it's confusing. And who's a movie star? What's a movie star? We we knew that growing up. You know, we grew up at a time watching the Oscars, and you saw Jessica Lange, and you saw. Meryl Streep and you saw you saw the same group of and and you didn't see him every day and even with Maverick this summer like that was a big movie that people wanted to sort of enjoy and see he is the last movie star I, I I'm loving watching him do all these amazing stunts and Tom Cruise is now shooting the International Space Station his next movie apparently really yeah he's gonna he's gonna shoot in space walking in space. The man's insane. He's, He's insane. Like, and, and you know, I was there when it started. I remember when Francis Ford Coppola said to all of us, for whatever reason, Francis had it in his head that we were, as greasers, we would be good at at being gymnasts. I'm not sure. Francis has, I have, I have friends who are working on Megalopolis right now with, with Francis, and he's okay. still doing the same stuff, like that kind of thinking where you're like, I don't really know, but whatever. He's Francis Ford Coppola, so he must know. Right. But he had it in his head that like, the greasers and the outsiders should also be gymnasts. So we had to take tumbling classes and work on the parallel beams at the University of Tulsa. And have you ever tried to learn a standing backflip? No. It's gnarly. No. It's yeah. gnarly. You feel like you're yeah. gonna you're gonna end up in a wheelchair. Yeah. And I wasn't good at it, nor did I want to be good at it. Well, wait a minute. I, so you're talking about one of the rumble scenes that you needed to, because it was so choreographed? Like when I have no idea what the thinking was. He never articulated it to us. Because that was the rumble was a whole other thing. That was a whole stunt thing. So I remember the only person who took it really super seriously was Tom. Wow. And Tom Cruise learned how to do a standing backflip. And if you have watched The Outsiders again, in the middle of the movie, for no reason, literally for no reason, we kind of stop and Tom jumps up on a car and does a backflip and then the movie continues. <laughs> but like, I, I'm like, oh, so that's where this, so it starts with a backflip and it ends with walking in fucking space. It's amazing. That's what makes Tom, Tom. 
That's right. That movie really, Rob, when you think about all of you guys that really went on to have these amazing careers, just sort of like brought together. That Talk about that chemistry. That was wild. We had real chemistry because, you know, we, we auditioned for months and months and months. And it was like super competitive and we all watched each other do it. Francis wanted us all to see each other do it. So it's like you wanted to kill everybody, but you also, they were your brothers. It was like interesting competition, love thing. And, you know, by the time we did the movie, we were, we felt like we'd been through the trenches. And, and to this day, whenever any of us see each other, it's, it's like, I, the only thing I can, I could compare it to that the people might relate to is like, if, when if you run into your fraternity brothers right. or sorority sister who you've really been through it with, like, it right. doesn't matter what's happened in your life. You're like, <laughs> okay. Oh uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. We were there that moment. It's like high school in a weird way. You know what I mean? It's like those four years. It's like they're so they're so important. And yep. as many years that go past, it's like they they just define who you are. And they all and like like you said, you just are always connected. Wow. Well, your your stepdaughter, Billy Lord, yes, who is Carrie Fisher's daughter. Yes. Um, you look at what her era of show business is. Right. And mm-hmm. you see, it's completely a different path. Totally. Completely different. And and I actually think there's pros and cons. And, you know, we started this interview by saying I'm a glass half full guy. And I think part of it is, is that I find the good in everything. And there's a there are lots of things about coming up today where I'm sure I'm glad I'm not coming up today. Really glad. On the other hand, there's some elements of it that are a lot better than when I came up, but it's really different. Give me an example of better. Um, better is there's more the volume of opportunity. Okay. There are more jobs. Right. So uh, yeah. Just, there are more jobs. Like if you can act even a little. Right. You're gonna get a job. You should be working. Yeah. Yeah. I mean not maybe not all the time, but like there's a lot of work. No, you're 100% right. The amount of TV shows that are on every sort of platform. So that's, I guess that's a po- that's a positive if you're an actor and you want to work. Um, the negative to that for me is the exclusivity of watching, like, when growing up and the knowing who my actors were and the movies and the limited amount, there's something very special about the limited amount, you know? Yes. And, and and the profound effect as a result of that. Look, I could tell you, and this is, and I'll go, when you sit with me and we have lunch, it I'll, I'll ask really specific questions. But like the fact that I can remember I was on 71st Street and 3rd Avenue and I saw Hotel New Hampshire, wow. there's a reason that that movie, I could tell you, you know, like that's where I think things get lost now. People, the specialness of... Oh, I remember where I was when I saw that movie because I wasn't seeing something every day. We were fortunate to grow up and you were fortunate to be in the career you're doing during that time. And for someone like Billy, yeah, you might have more work opportunities and 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 Ryan, like someone like Ryan Murphy, who's so amazing and he's doing such great work for the LGBTQ plus community and representation and he has big platform. It's just, it's, you know, maybe we're just getting old. So it's a little bit like, ah, it's better. Well, look at it this way. He did his, his, um, he didn't, I don't think it quite did what he would have liked it to, but his movie he did with Meryl, Prom, like yep. that would have been a big deal yep. in our era. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, things could bomb and did all the time. Mm -hmm. But if you had the right auspices around it, it was going to make some sort of an impact just by virtue of the auspices. That's no longer true. Did you have a favorite? I'm not yours. Uh, like if you go back in your head, you have a favorite movie, favorite movie of all time. Like of my, of, of, of just not one of my movies, but my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, just a movie that you're like, Oh right. yeah. I, and again, you remember where you, where you saw it. I mean, I was very lucky to know Erwin Winkler. I think Erwin's still alive. And, yeah, um, I ran into Erwin and I was walking down the, it's, it was, sounds very romantic. I was walking down the Champs Elysees, but it's true. And there was Erwin. And I said, what are you doing in Paris? I was promoting Masquerade. And he goes, oh, it's funny. I'm about to go see a cut of the movie I just finished with Marty. Do you want to go? And I went with Erwin and saw Marty's cut of Goodfellas. Ah, wow. And yeah, I've never recovered. It's my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, from the from the second it starts. From the second talk, it starts. Second it starts. You're like so pulled in. That's a good one. I mean, it was it was a you know it's it's so influential. People forget how influential that movie is because so many of the filmmaking techniques have been aped by everybody that it becomes banal. But like when when they did that sequence to the to Layla where they discover the bodies. Mm -hmm. that great Clapton song that had never been done before. No. Nope. And of course the Sopranos then did it every episode. Right. And which is great. And I love it. And, and that's on and on and on. And, you know, they do it in Dahmer and people do it. People use music, but Marty started it. And yeah. that was the first time it was amazing. And, and that, and that movie, wasn't that the movie Rob where it was that one shot that he cuts through walking through the hole. Yes. And the girlfriend Lorraine. Yeah, and then we did that on the West wing every week. Ah, right. We did our walk and talks. Um, right. we, we, and, uh, yeah, go through the Copacabana. Yeah. And when yeah. you look at it and when you look at it now, Clive Owen must be in the ether. If you look at Clive Owen's movie, children of men, there are way longer oneers. We call them shots done in one yeah, way not, longer. Really? Oh, watch children of men. There, there are eight and nine minute oneers. That's amazing. But you know what the, the you know what the difference is? In Goodfellas, it's designed to wow you mm -hmm. and it's designed for you to go, oh my God, they haven't cut. Oh my God, they haven't cut. Oh my God, this one. In the other one, which is even more sophisticated yeah. by my line of thinking, it's designed so you don't notice. Right. Which is a whole other level of sophistication. Completely. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like not rubbing it in your face. Right. I, but I, I love, I love filmmaking. I love all, all of that stuff. And I miss it because it, it used to be, you could go on any Friday and find some element of it. And it just is not really the case so much anymore. Yeah. Well, that's another thing you bring up, which I think was the romance of a Friday night opening. Yes. Remember Friday night openings? Yeah. It was a big deal. You know, you saw the proof, the trailer, the trailer, and it was like, this was a, this was a plan and you were going to a Friday night opening of a movie. It was, it was like waiting online. I can remember all the Woody Allen movies, all those, you know, throughout. You're just like, yeah, this is big deals. Now we've lost that a little bit. It's and, and it's like, can you imagine what it would have been like to see John Wayne walking out of Starbucks on TMZ? <laughs> no. Can, can you imagine... Oh. Cary Grant coming out of a spinning class. You're right. 
it would have been right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Bad. Okay, let's think. What would be the worst? By the way, I think those are two pretty good examples. But yeah. is the what would be the worst, most demoralizing example of that? Grace Kelly coming out of her dentist's office, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like right with with bandage, like in her yeah, mouth. Yeah. You know I mean? Like can't talk. Um, right. Do you see how quickly we've debased the greatest stars in the world? It doesn't take much. Marilyn Monroe coming out of like Costco. Erwan. Erwan, like your celebrity shop too. <laughs> she's, yeah, yeah, she's just like, stars are just like us. But see, right. well, by the way, there you, you wonder why. There it is. Like yeah. somebody came up with the idea of, no, 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 wait a minute. This whole star thing? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Fuck that. Stars are just like us. Well, congratulations. Now they are. And you wonder, too, I think, why a lot of these award shows have trouble keeping an audience is because the, this generation doesn't see it in the same way. Like, that's when we saw our stars. You know, we saw them those nights all glitzed out. Yeah. It's, are you amazed that, like, that whole thing became such a business? The, the, the red carpet, the dresses, the jewelry, like, like that really – what was once just – you dressing up to go and be with your peers and receive an award. Like it became, it's bit, it's I like, remember very vividly, very vividly. The first time I was aware of somebody saying, what are you wearing tonight? Mm. Cause it went from, how do you feel about your chances? How was it making the movie? Yeah. Have you talked to any of your, uh, the people in your category? Like those are the questions you got. And right. then I remember overnight it was, what are you wearing tonight? I want to say, what am I wearing tonight? (laughs) Right. That becomes the most important thing. Exactly. Summer is almost here. Are you ready to throw open your windows or throw them away? If they're drafty, foggy, or impossible to clean, talk to your friends at Window World. Window World specializes in home transformation with beautiful, energy-efficient windows, entry doors, and siding, featuring Energy Star certification and the good housekeeping seal. Call 1-800-WINDOW-WORLD, schedule your free consultation, and tell them you heard about it here on Literally with Rob Lowe. Window World, America's exterior remodeler. Well, you know, no two travelers are exactly alike, and that means no two trips should be either. Texas vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activity allow for such an infinite number of different travel experiences. I mean, I love Texas. I go like this, the people of Dallas, the culture of Austin, and I love any time I get there. If you're a beach person, well, you can go have fun in the sun with Texas 350 miles of coastline. If you're a rugged vacation type, there's campgrounds, hiking trails, state parks, Golf is nuts there. Foodies. You got your Texas barbecue and live music in Austin. And of course, if you're into the cowboy scene, you can certainly find it there. And now Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom trip matched to their own unique interests. So visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's traveltexas.com slash get your own. I love fast cars, but there aren't 
a ton of high performance TVs. They're certainly out here there. But when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires. Here's the other thing I think. And, 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 and what I make up is that the stars of yesteryear had a little bit better sense of the room overall. I could be wrong, and it could just be a function of they didn't do that many interviews, they didn't tweet, they weren't on Instagram, so you maybe didn't know their shortcomings to the extent that they had any. Yeah. But I feel now a lot of times when I see, uh, sometimes when I see uh, other actors, by actors, I mean male, female actors, people right. who act. Like, I, I, I feel like I'm not sure that they have what they do in the proper perspective in terms of the world. Okay. So, and I think that rightfully rubs a lot of people the wrong way. So if you broke that down just a little bit more specific for me, so meaning that they think that they're doing something that's more important. Or do they, or reading, like the distinction between the older generation reading the room versus Mm -hmm. the inability? Look, I think the more egregious ones probably do think they're doing something more important, but, but I don't really think it's that. I, I, I think there's just a sort of, um, sometimes a, a, a lack of implicit understanding that we dress up for a living. And yes, what we do is important because storytelling, I think, is it actually is one of the most important things that human beings can do. I agree. And we wouldn't have survived as a species, by the way, without it. Yeah. Wouldn't have yep. survived that storytelling. Right. The person who was able to impart to the other caveman yep. the most dramatic version of don't go into that forest because there's a tiger. Yep. Super important thing. Yep. So I'm in, in no way negating the importance of storytelling and how beloved and necessary it is. But there are also other things mm-hmm. that are equally important and that are done without with, with much less fanfare, much less payment, yes, much less accolades. And I, I, I just feel th- that sometimes I, I, I feel... I don't know. Maybe it's that that it's people have lived a life of 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 rarefied air for too long. I just don't. I just don't know. But there's an element of that that I maybe it's that I'm older now 
and I have more perspective. I think it is, and I think it's also there's perspective as a result of that. So, and I think, and I'm and I'll bring up, uh, you know, so I asked Julia if there was anybody she wanted to wish she could have worked with, and she, you know, she talks a little bit about Catherine Hepburn, but she really talks about meeting. Audrey Hepburn, which then leads into like what, and she was quite surprised on how she met Audrey Hepburn. They were on a flight, and Audrey eventually she misses her in the sort of the uh, customs line because she assumes they're going to be in the same one. She was so, but of course, Audrey Hepburn's not uh, has a different passport. And then uh, Miss Hepburn comes up to her, and it's a whole thing. And then eventually turns into uh, her receiving, and uh, because Audrey's sick at the, that time, but nobody really knew, and Gregory uh, to a lifetime achievement award, and Gregory Peck introduces Julia. So it's like it's like a moment, and then mm-hmm. Clooney's talking about Gregory Peck. I think what you're saying, what I'm hearing a little bit is there was an elegance and a quietness to uh, Audrey Hepburn's work in UNICEF in how to receive an award. And a how humility. To- there was a humility. Yes. And I think that is something that now the younger generation and who, you know, it's just, it's just different, like good or bad. And, you know, it's just different. Yeah. Listen, I I just, I just did a a podcast with Stephen A. Smith, who's the great sports commentator. And we were talking about this and and, and it is, it's different. We're talking about the, why the NBA is different today. Why sports is different. It's more in your face. It's more loud and, and it's not bad. It's not, it's just, it is different. I really, I, I, I don't want to end up like sounding like, you know, the meme of the old man on, you know, cursing at the clouds. Cause that is not, that is not me at all, but it's a different time. No, no, that is not you at all. If there was somebody you could have worked with or met of that period, is there somebody that comes to mind? Oh yes. I'll I'll never forget. So, does this drive you crazy, people who do this? So this is I, this is, I, this is another Tom Cruise story, and I love him. False modesty drives me berserk. I'm like a big bragger. I have the number one movie on Netflix. It's a stupid dog movie. It's the number one movie. I'm going to tell everybody, as you should. I mean, I'm telling everybody. My dumb dog movie is the number one movie. Okay, come on, I'm not going to be. I'm, there's no false modesty in me. Right. There's no because I like to think there's no falseness in me. Right. Yeah. But exactly. that's another thing. But I'll never forget we're young actors. You know, we're still on the up and up, trying to grinding, being competitive, but whatever. We've done Outsiders together. And Tom and I are getting a slice of pizza at La Monica's in Westwood on our way to see a movie. And I'm like, so, bro, what are you even doing? What are you even And we didn't use the word bro then. Probably dude. What have you been doing? He goes, oh, yeah, and I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready. Uh, I'm doing this thing um, with Marty. And I go, Marty Scorsese? Because, yeah. I go, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, so it's, uh, you know, it's going to be me and Newman. I go, wait, wait, wait. Paul Newman? Yeah. Like, we'd been together for like five hours already. I would have started with that. I'd have been like, dude, I'm doing a movie with Martin Scorsese, Martin Scorsese and Paul Newman. So yeah. the false modesty killed me. But Paul Newman is the answer to your question. I I would have loved to have worked Understood. Understood. I just got this. Oh, how is it? I haven't started it yet. And so it's Paul Newman, uh, and for everyone who's listening, The Extraordinary Life of an Ordinary Man. I mean, come on. Oh. You're going to have to. I'll give it to you. I'll send it to you when I'm done. Newman and Redford are my, are, are Warren, my heroes. Jack. Yeah, Jack. I mean, they all, they were such a class. I mean, and you know what I watched yesterday? I watched, I haven't seen it in a long time, was Midnight Cowboy. Oh, 
That's an interesting movie to come out in 1968. It was intense. I mean, it won Best Picture. They both were nominated. But it's like this kind of weird psychedelic, you know, it's a it's a movie that I don't know. I don't think it would be made today. No. See it. But no, it's a it's an it's one of the great movies of all time. It's just one of the great. I like that and Deliverance as a double feature. (laughs) That's like light movie night. I mean, if I'm going light, I'm going light. Like it's either that or a, a, a true light comedy. Like a Bill Murray, like we're going back, like something. Yeah, like you, yeah. You, 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 I'm a big Caddyshack guy. Yeah, Borat, I think, is one of the funniest movies ever made. What's been the highlight for you in your career thus far? Do you think? Um, I feel like I'm b- blessed enough that I've had a, a few of them, right? And I don't feel like there is one. And I don't know, man. You know what? What comes to mind really is. And I know you'll so appreciate this. In the days when magazine covers meant something. Right. How about in the days when there were magazine covers? Yeah, exactly. There was nothing bigger than Vanity Fair. Yeah. Nothing. So I've been at this a long time. I've never been on the cover of Vanity Fair. Never. I write a book. And the book gets me on the cover of Vanity Fair. Wow, your memoir gets you on the cover? And that, I think, is one of my proudest things, that my writing right. ends up being the thing that gets me on the cover of Vanity Fair. It's a hell of a memoir, FYI. It's a goodie. That's Thank Was you. that hard to, you're welcome. Because like, writing a memoir, you really bring stuff up. Was that a, a difficult journey? Well, I, it was difficult to hit the bullseye of, because look, if you're going to do it, you got to do it. There's nothing worse than people... The only thing worse than people throwing people under the bus is people m- mincing around yeah. being real. Right. So you, you have to find the thing. And I, I had loved David Niven's book, The Moon yes. is a Balloon, which is yes. sort of in the memoir world considered the creme de la creme yep. of pithy, clever, real, honest like it has it all. Yeah. So my thing was like, if I could do it like the moon's a balloon, I can do this. And I, and I think I did. I really do. No, um, you did. You did. And that's a perfect example because I, and I also think in regard to even what we're doing today and what yes. you're going to be doing with me when we sit and I yeah. and said, she, you know, she's, she's doing it. And if you can't, if you're not willing to share, if don't not, do it, I, you can't do it. At the end of the day, the person who has to look the worst in the book is me. Yeah. That's smart business, Mr. Lowe, because that's like, oh, okay, if I'm going to write a book and be real and be honest, I got to come out, not the With hero. my warts, with the warts. Right. Before we go, I have to ask you this because it came up in the research that, are you a big um, ice bath, infrared sauna person? Rob Lowe, I am a big Yes. So about a year and a half ago, you know, I've fitness has been a whole part of my game probably from like the early eighties, mid eighties, like when it started happening. For Same. The- remember when that happened? Yeah. By the way, that's another thing about the eighties. Remember like, oh, like overnight. Right. You had to be in a, remember like overnight, I didn't lift a weight yeah. ever. No, ever. Travolta, we got to say Jamie Lee Curtis and Travolta propelled us. 
But yes, so Remedy, I go to this place. Ice baths are great. It's like they're 41 degrees. You go minimum of three minutes. Try to make it six. It's just good for inflammation. It's good for um, kind of fat loss, you know, all that kind of stuff. We're going to put a pin in this. Yeah. And get back to this. We I feel like we missed a whole thing on fitness because I'm with you. I'm a freak about it. So when I call and you we do lunch, we're gonna talk about fitness. Yeah, because listen, we're listen, I'll speak for myself. You're a yeah. spring chicken. I'm no spring chicken. Excuse me. I'm fifty I'm gonna be fifty seven. You're fifty eight. Yeah. We're together. Okay, we're, we're together. I didn't wanna I didn't wanna cast aspersions. I didn't wanna be ageist. But FYI, if I should look like you at 58, and I think I look pretty damn good. You look great. No, when I, when I saw you on the thing, I was like, oh, okay, my man's got it going on. Okay. Right, like, I will leave you with this. Yes. Um, I once asked Clint Eastwood, and this is fairly recently, and Clint, Clint's like 90-something, right? It's amazing. It's and so out. this is fairly recently. And I said, I want to be you. How do you do it? You direct a movie every year and a half still. And he said, Rob, I never let the old man in. You know what? Sage, sage wisdom, because the people that get old think they're old. Yes. State of mind. It's just, we're lucky to have our health. And that's why the saunas and all the stuff we'll talk about. I just think it's just keep a body in movement to me is the most important thing we can do. And I would love to have dinner with you and Cheryl. Let's do it. But let's. I mean, we have so you have so many mutual friends. Let's do a Montecito dinner. Okay. Let's do that. Yes. Because I, I feel like I'm so overdue to catch up with Brian, who always makes me laugh so hard. Definitely. I could do a table for two up in Montecito. Let's do that. You pick your favorite restaurant up there. We go and it's easy. We will do it. Thank you, Rob, for having me today. I love it. So fun. What a great guy. I could talk to him forever. I have to say that I can't get over the notion of Cary Grant coming out of a spinning class, like if stars of yesteryear were subjected to today's media, they wouldn't be the stars of yesteryear. So I leave it up to you, dear listener. Think of your own demoralizing version of a great star being debased by today's society. And uh, call up the lowdown line and, and, and tell me what you've, what you've come up with. John Wayne coming out of his dermatologist office? Is that one? Would that be something? That'd be bleak. I'm not ready to give up on this quite yet. I know we're wrapping it up, but but I'm I've kind of got an episode. Oh, I got a good one. Um, how about Vivian Lee coming out of her chiropractors? It's a good one. I got one more for you. Clark Gable outside the Jiffy Lube. They don't seem like stars anymore, do they? You wonder why there aren't any stars today. Hmm. All right, just one more thing before we end today's episode. Let's check the lowdown line. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323-570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hey, Rob, this is Lori from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I've been a fan of your work for a long time, and this podcast is just the icing on the cake. I really enjoyed listening to it. My question is, I was wondering if they were going to do a movie about your life, who would you want to play you and why? From your young years 
and your older years in case they were two different actors. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Wow, that's a good one. Hmm. Hmm. It's funny, I'm developing a um, a project about coming of age in Malibu and the beginning of the modern entertainment industry in the late 70s and into the 80s, and I'm in it, and I'm thinking, who who's going to play that part? So I'm thinking about it. Um, well, I mean, really, it should probably be my my son, John Owen Lowe, you know, who's my co-star in Unstable on Netflix, currently streaming. But it, I don't get, I mean, there's nobody really that I've seen out there. I had such a very specific look in those days, but we'll find them. By the way, if you see somebody walking around the streets of Winston-Salem, uh, call the lowdown line. Like, report that person. Report them to the authorities. So I can I can uh, get them to to Hollywood. Uh, thank you. Thanks for calling. I'll leave you with that until next week. <laughs> On literally, you've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced by me, Rob Schulte, with help from associate producer Sarah Bagar. Our research is done by Alyssa Grawl. The podcast is executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross, and Joanna Solitaroff at Team Coco and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. All of the music on this podcast was composed by Devin Bryant. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Literally with Rob Lowe. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 